Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. This is Mr. Ish. This is Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club. Um, this is the home edition. We haven't done a couple of podcasts for a while. We've, we've been home. Um, it's, a, it's a new era now. And uh, we're still going to try the podcast and reach out to the people and reach out to our club members and definitely reach out to uh, our executives and stuff like that. Um, today, I have a special person on the phone. Um, and we've really been trying to plan this podcast even before all this happened. I have my executive director, Mr. Dan Quintero from Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club. Um, thank you. Thank you for taking the time and being on the phone with me. And I know there's so much information you want to share with with not only us, but with our members and the people that follow us, um, the people that do fundraisers for us. So just thank you very much for being on the phone, Mr. Dan Quintero. Mr. Ish, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be safe and healthy and uh, still working hard to try to provide as much for our, the children that we serve as possible. So it's great that we're doing this. It's long overdue, and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing information with the general public about what the Kick State Boys and Girls Club is doing and conducting in these very difficult times. Yeah, I would like to also tell people, please follow us on our website, kipsbay.org, because we also put information on there. Um, sometimes, um, you know, that may be in the middle of the night that they throw something up there. But just follow us because it's important just to grab as much information as possible. Um, we're sharing as much as we know and as much as executives know. They share it with our staff. They share it with everyone. So we're trying to share all the information that we know and that we can with, uh, with everybody else, our members, our parents, and stuff like that. So please follow us. Um, I know that this is totally different. I mean, we're going through some difficult times. It's, it's this, I, I mean, I worked for the company for seven years now, and this is the first time that these doors have been closed for this long. I mean, we do, we do summer camp. We do, you know, every once in a while we get a break, but we've never had our doors closed. Not as long as I've been there for four weeks, five weeks. And I know it's very difficult for not only the families, but for the, the people that work with it, with the members and the kids and stuff like that. So I know it's very difficult for you also. We have nine locations and we do a service for for everyone in the community. And I and how do you think that we're going to start doing this or, or how, what are we doing to, to move forward and, and help our community? Well, Ish, as you said, um, in the history of Kips Bay, which is 104 years, uh, I don't think we've ever closed for this amount of time. Uh, obviously, we've closed a day or two here and there or a couple of weeks for renovations and cleanup. But uh, to think about five weeks total shutdown, our children not being served, our staff uh, working from home and trying to empower themselves as we prepare to reopen. But that in itself is nebulous because we don't know when we're going to reopen, right? So from a staffing standpoint, uh, you do as much as you can while you can, but I can see the frustration that some staff may have in going day to day, not understanding what the future looks like. But as we look towards the future, um, my hope is that as this city, which has been very, hit very hard, I think we have over 80,000 uh, deaths. I'm sorry, I think it's 40,000 yeah, deaths. Yeah, I even hate looking at the numbers uh, I, already. Yeah, the numbers just uh, are staggering especially as it relates to what's happening in other parts of the world, even other parts of the country. Uh, but New York is a densely populated city. Uh, and 
lot of families live very close to each other. There are a lot of uh, risk factors, uh, comorbidities, as they say. And as a result, these numbers are much higher in New York than everywhere else. So coming back from this in New York and New York City is going to be a lot more difficult. So while they may open up in Butte, Montana, and in uh, Oshkosh, uh, Milwaukee, New York is going to be very different. Uh, I think it's we're in the middle of April now. Um, I'd be surprised if we are open in mid-May. I think this will take us uh, probably into early June. And as this curve, as they say, starts to flatten and these cases start um, uh, uh, being less, mm-hmm. um, then we can really think about, okay, let's let's open up, let's reopen, and let's start serving the Kipsley Boys and Girls Club community and the parents. But I have to say, Mr. Ish, we're not going to look the same. Uh, yeah. I don't think life as, as we move forward uh, is not going to be the same. Even at the club, we have to think about, uh, are we going to wear masks with the kids? Are we going to wear gloves constantly as staff members? Um, as kids and staff members come in, are we going to take their temperatures uh, as they come in with some kind of temperature gun? Um, do we need to reduce the amount of people that are in the building at one time? Uh, so how does that impact program? How would that impact uh, the amount of staff that we have in the building? All of, These are all issues and items that the administration of the District Boys and Girls Club is discussing as we speak and uh, brainstorming and obviously staying in tune to what New York City regulatory agencies are requiring of us also. Because I have to tell you, Mr. Ish, this is changing not hour to hour, almost minute to minute sometimes. Definitely. And we have to stay abreast of it. So that's kind of, I know that's a long answer, but that's kind of what we're working on and envisioning for the near future. And I think the near future is basically 45 to 90 days. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it in those kind of chunks, 45 to 90 days. How are we going to look? How are we going to look like? What are we going to do? How are we going to serve the children and parents we serve? And then, look to the next 45 to 90 days. Yeah, and I'm sure that when you sit down with the executives and you go over some things, you go home and you think about it, something else comes up and you read, you read an article or, or, or something, you know, something else is added to it. So you may come with a with an idea and by the time you come to the table again or on a phone call conference, whichever way you're doing it, and um, that idea might just not work because they, things have changed at oh, all. Oh, yes. So Absolutely. As a matter of fact, my... my, my my little pet name for the way I've been doing business is, is a brain, I call it a brain churn, meaning that my brain is always churning because the ideas you thought were a good idea literally 10, 20 minutes ago may be a bad idea the next 10 or 20 minutes. So you're constantly thinking about how you can stay ahead of plans and process and the contagion and the impact of the contagion. And so uh, I find myself more mentally exhausted these days than physically. Definitely. But, um, you know, these are the things we have to do to try to, to try to serve the community that we know and love. And I know that, you know, most of, I guess, all of our locations are in the Bronx. The Bronx has been hit very, very hard. Um, those are some of the numbers that I do look at. 
Um, I know that that most of the families that we do have, um, sometimes it's two and three generations living together. So if one person gets sick, it might be an aunt, a grandmother, a, a parent, and that that makes a big difference. Some of them don't have medical coverage, and and that also affects you know them going to the hospitals and stuff like that. So yeah, it it becomes yeah. very difficult for for anything to to happen because they're scared. Also, they're scared of of, well, of of doing anything because some some of them might be from different countries, and 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 we we embrace that in the boys and girls club. We embrace how how we have people from Africa, people from Santo Domingo, people from Haiti. We we embrace all that, but this is a scary part because um, the parents are scared. The parents are scared. They don't know what to yeah. do. I mean, unfortunately, the communities we serve, obviously, you know, they don't have the luxuries of, you know, going to this like maybe large backyard or, or being socially distant, you know, from each other. It's very difficult, and obviously, that's impacted the Bronx in a in a great way. The other thing that's impacted the Bronx, you know, the Bronx has the highest rate of asthma uh, in the country. Huh? Uh, the the there's a high there's also a high obesity rate. In Bronx. Uh, I think countrywide is 15%. The Bronx is 34%. Wow. So these are, these are all uh, unfortunately factors and uh, as they say, comorbidities that affect the impact of this contagion. So the areas and the, and the uh, demographics that we serve ha uh, unfortunately have been hit harder as a result of these comorbidities and how we live in the city and in the Bronx. So, uh, yeah, again, moving forward, we have to understand, okay, what are the measures we have to take to try to address some of these challenges that, 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 that we face on a day-to-day -day basis at the club? I know if you have two, three generations of families in, in an apartment, uh, I don't think the club can assist in that process, but as, as it relates to children in the building and how many uh, individuals in a building at one time. These are the things that we have to come up with some real safety numbers mm -hmm. so that we, when these kids leave our presence and go back to where they live, they're not carrying the contagion to their families. I, I know we, we, we normally have a, a, a ratio that we, we, we kind of go by. It's, you know, like the 10 to 1 for the younger from 6 mm -hmm. to 9, and then we have maybe a, a little larger group for the for the older ones, but I guess that would also um, really affect us because now from ten sure. to ten to one, we may have to do six or five, and that well, yeah, and that'll these, be very are, difficult in a the classroom. These are all things that we have to consider. Quite frankly, we may not even have to consider them. The regulatory agencies that uh, kind of tell us how to operate and provide the rules by which we operate might mandate this in the very near future. So these are the types of things we're staying in tune to and, and really following up on. But uh, while uh, nitty gritty or, or historical Boys and Girls Club program will not change, the impact will be the same, the empowering factor will not be the, will, will, will be the same. Uh, what won't be the same is, you know, how exactly we deliver that, you know, and it might be in smaller doses, but obviously, uh, I'm confident that the impact will be the same. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure the impact would be the same. I mean, like this is not like a summer vacation in the sense that we come back from three weeks and we see the we see the members and and they're so happy to see us and and getting you know back to a regular routine because a lot of this is routine for them. You know, they they're used to going to school. They used to coming to the boys' club. You know, not only that, but having a meal. They used to having a a, a, a you know a snack, having dinner, having Absolutely. having time to do homework with with us. I mean, I'm. I work in the DOE also, and it's hard for me to do homework with with my two my two girls. You know, I, my my wife has become the cook, the clean, the, a teacher. I I teach in the morning for for my for my younger daughter. Um, I also take care of my parent this year, my dad, and it's it's very difficult, you know, to do a schedule. Yes, you are at home, but it's still a schedule. You still have to do everything. You know, you still have to feed the kids. You still have to do, you know, the the online teaching and stuff like that so it's, it's become a, a very difficult thing for everyone no without a doubt this is a transition time for everyone and uh creating a positive routine which may be new but following it on a consistent basis will help you uh deal with these circumstances on a, on a daily basis uh, i try not to think too long term as it relates to the circumstance. Yeah. I try to deal with each day and its challenges as they come and you meet them and you overcome any challenges and then you cross that day off the calendar and you move on to the next day. And that's kind of how that's kind of how we've been dealing with this because I, I have to be totally candid and honest that if when I think about that we might be here four to six weeks from now. That can be a little daunting and depressing. So I, I try not to do that. I think day by day, what are the challenges today? How are we going to address them as a boys and girls club, as the leadership, as the leader of this organization? Uh, and as we address them, that's empowering. And then you get ready for the next day. So I, I, I encourage and implore everyone to follow that kind of mode of operation, I think that will get you through this in a lot more productive fashion. I know that with, with all the trainings that I've been to, um, we are lucky because we work with children and we know that things change immediately. So we are very quick to adjust and very quick to to deal with the situation, you know, on hand. Um, that's part of the training that Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club gives us. And that's just part of the, the, the kind of uh, staff that you that you have. So that's been great, and I and I look forward to when those doors open. That yes, it's going to be difficult, but those doors are opening, and, and that's that's the part that we have to look forward to when those doors open. Well, that we could provide a service for our community. From your mouth to God's ears, Mister Ish, I got to tell you, I can't wait for that to happen. I think uh, I am so proud of the staff that we have and how they have taken this time to continue to empower themselves, continue to share what they're achieving online with our children, because the kids, uh, you know, we are, we are providing virtual programming. We are providing uh, programs on our website. Uh, we're trying to create social engagement kind of sessions with our children so that while they can't come outside and can't see their friends face to face, when they can get on a Zoom session and really socially engage with with uh, those the, their friends, um, it's a, that's that's a great thing. That's something they're not used to, and it, they can still stay connected. So those are the types of things that our staff are, are overseeing and implementing, and 
So I'm very proud of, of our staff and how they're conducting business. But in addition to that, we're also asking our staff to um, train, to do online training and empower themselves and get ready for, for when we reopen with new knowledge, new training uh, aspects to what we do and new implementation skills as to what we do and and how we will uh, implement program in the future. And all of that is taking place as we speak during this different time of uh, Boys and Girls Club delivery. Yes, I'm 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 online. I'm doing my trainings. I'm, I'm refreshing. Way to I'm, go, Mister Ish. On a lot of the stuff. <laughs> um, I know. You know, I'm not spoiled. I mean, I've been there, and I know some of the training is 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 repetitive. But um, when it comes to children, we have to make sure that we know as much as possible. Very sometimes little things change, and we just have to be on top of our training. Um, thank you for providing that, and of uh, the Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club, and not only that, the the corporate. Um, uh, uh, providing all the trainings for us so that we could log in and and do that. Um, also, I'll, I'll definitely our directors are reaching out to us and giving us whatever information they can. Um, you know, just asking regular questions: How you guys are doing? How school? Are you doing this? Is anybody sick? You know, just just to touch base with people, and it makes you feel good that that they're taking the time to do that. Um, I'm reaching out to yeah, some of my absolutely. staff members in, in in digital arts and stuff like that. Um, now that we have the podcast coming up, we should have also another another wave of, of information going out that we could share with with people, you know, via internet and and podcasting and stuff like that. So that'll that'll be a great thing. Also, any anything that could that could that we could reach out to to people is going to be good. Sure, sure. Um, so so what what do you think? Um, not only just just the impact of of what's what's going on. But how I know that your one of your major duties is not only one it's not the only duty, but it's one of your major duties as executive director is fundraising, and I know fundraising. Um, sure. We've missed one of our biggest ones, which is basically the, the president's dinner. I always look forward to it. I'm one of the few that that get to go and you know listen to to um, all the people there and and what they do for the for the boys and girls club. Um, that was April first, right? So we already missed that That's one. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I know yeah. it's one of the biggest nights for Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club. So fundraising is a big sure. part. It's something that, that you definitely take a great lead in. And every year you're out there, you know, helping fundraise, especially for for all nine clubhouses. So how do you, how do you yeah. think that looks, well, you know, for it now with, with this crisis? Because people are, you know, big oh, companies still lose their jobs, too. That's correct. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, at the Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club, we serve over 10,000 children at nine locations. And um, it, it takes about $10 million a year to generate to to generate all these programs and pay the staff and keep our buildings looking as beautiful as they look. So um, as a result of this, these recent circumstances, Unfortunately, as you said, we've had to postpone our president's dinner. In addition to that, we postponed our golf tournament, our night at Yankee Stadium, and our, our the Kips Bay Showhouse, which has been in existence for the last 47 years. Wow. And that in itself raises $1.2 million. That showhouse is, uh, is in jeopardy. We, we're really not sure if we can conduct that showhouse. This year. Is that in so, both locations result, or just one? 
for the show house. So, no, just I'm so, when I talk the show house, I'm talking about the New York show house. Okay, New York. We we did conduct a Palm. We do a, a show house in Palm Beach, and then we were also looking to do one in Dallas, and the one in Dallas is also uh, in jeopardy. But my point is that with all these special events that were supposed to take place between April and let's say June, uh, we've lost about two point four million dollars, and. What we're trying to do on a daily basis is talk to our present funders who have been generous with us in the past and say, if if you were looking to fund us in September, October, November of this year, can you move those uh, donations and pledges up to May, June, and July? Uh, we're looking to individuals and corporations to provide uh, additional funding or emergency funding so that we can really take these 90 days that we're in now, April, May, June, and try to try to underwrite, try to support those 90 days until we get past, hopefully, this very difficult circumstance and this uh, virus uh, running its course, hopefully. So my job as the executive director is not only to generate revenue, but to make friends with individuals that can help me generate revenue. And also... Uh, these these special events as the show house like the show house or the president's dinner um see when we can hopefully reignite them so that they can generate the revenue necessary so moving forward we won't have the negative impact that we're experiencing now so you know a 10 million dollar operation that loses 2.4 million dollars that's a big big punch to the that's a big hit a big punch to the gut as i call it Mm -hmm. so we're hoping that we could at least defray some of those losses with some of the federal government programs that are being handed down. There's a couple of loan programs that we're looking into, and obviously our existing fundraising base. Uh, some of them have stepped up and, and provided extra funds in these very difficult times. And I'm not saying we're going to make up the entire 2.4 million, but if we can at least make some of that up, it'll make this time a little easier. Uh, to digest as we move into uh, the next stage of uh, of what this year look, will look like. So, um, yeah, uh, it's not the only thing I do. I, I would say fundraising is probably 40 to 50% of my time. But uh, obviously, it's very important time because uh, it helps keep the doors open, the lights on, and the staff paid so that we can serve the tremendous population that we serve. I know when I walk through through uh, through Randall, the Randall Clubhouse, and I say, and you know, I see you, and I say hello. Um, you're never rude to me. You're very nice, and I know your mind is always moving. It's like you may say, "Hey, Mister Ish, you know how you doing? What's going on?" But in your mind, you're thinking about, "Did that lunch went to? Did the lunch go to Throsneck? Did um? Is the pool water warm? Is the dance studio light on? It's like five things. I see it in your eyes. I don't, you know, I don't. Well, it's funny. Sometimes we don't talk about it, but I see it in your eyes. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a, I mean, unfortunately, over the years as the executive director, I've been told that uh, uh, when I walk through the building, I, I, I may have to smile a little more because uh, what's unfortunate is as I'm walking through the building sometimes, and I've made a conscious effort to really address this, my mind is constantly churning as I say, okay, what's next? What do we have to do? Why, why, is, why is that group of youngsters over there? Uh, how come this program 
is not taking place at the time it's supposed to take place. Um, how, 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 much, how much funds do we need to raise to fix uh, the back wing of the building or to revise or renew the culinary kitchen? Or I mean, there's, there's, when you have nine locations and you have 300 staff members and you have 10,000 kids, there's a lot. There's a lot there to think about. Thankfully, I do have my director of operations, Sinclair Hollingsworth, and Jose Rodriguez, who's my deputy, and Yasmin Brown, who's director of uh, contracted services, along with all the department heads. They all help me address a lot of these issues and help me plan ahead. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can be you can be great, but if you don't have good people around you, Definitely. you're not gonna you're not gonna meet all the needs. You're not gonna meet all the needs of the, of the people you serve. And I tell my my ladies and gentlemen that work with gentlemen that work with me that, uh, and I you know I'm a baseball guy and I use a lot of baseball analogies. And I hope you're a Yankee uh, fan. You always have. Yeah, I'm a Yankee fan. Okay, and let's make that you clear. always have to think. You always have to think about what's going to happen in the seventh inning when you're in the third inning, um, meaning that it's always about anticipation. What can happen? What will happen? What can you do to make that uh, future seventh inning look better? And, and that's, why that's why when I'm walking through clubhouses, sometimes I'm wearing my emotions on my sleeves, as they say. Uh, but that's because I'm anticipating. I'm thinking, what do I have to do? What needs to be done? Uh, who do we need to see? What do we have to improve? So and that's a constant. And when I talk to my uh, management staff, uh, I, I share the same information. I think this is the way to be productive. This is the way to stay ahead of issues. Because, like I said, when you have 300 staff members, uh, 10,000 kids, uh, and nine clubhouses, there's always going to be issues. Yeah, Again, definitely. Things will, always, things will always come up. It's how you deal with the issues or prepare or have prepared for those issues when they came up, come up. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of part of the job. And I've been doing this as the executive director 24 years now. So uh, I've been in this business, boys and girls club business, 30, 36 years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you know, the, I've gotten a lot of practice at it. So I feel very blessed and honored to to be able to do what I'm doing. And, you know, we'll continue to do it as long as they have me. Well, I'm going to give you a baseball analogy because uh, you're a baseball man. Um, I feel <laughs> I feel that you're you're my Mariano. Um, I know that in the seventh and eighth <laughs> inning, I'm going to put you in. And I feel that you're going to get these funds. And I feel that you're going to try your hardest. And, you know, every day you don't you, you may not strike out everybody. But um, I feel that you're going to go out there and you're going to do the best, not only for the Boys and Girls Club, but for for you know the staff for the members for the community um i i know that about you and i feel that 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 I, when those doors open if you said open at three at two o'clock i'm going to be in the front i'm going to well, be that's there great ready. to know that's great to know and it's funny you use mariano as, as, as the analogy because uh quite frankly even mariano as great as he was he wasn't perfect right sure and 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 but he was a large percentage of the time he was successful. So my goal obviously is to be a, as successful as Mariano, even a large percentage of the time. Cause if I am, that will translate, translate into dollars 
for the children that we serve and the staff that work with us and obviously the entire organization as a whole. So uh, that's always my mindset. Um, and again, I don't do this alone. I have great people that help me do it, that empower me with information so that I can go out and generate the revenue. I always tell program staff, I always tell program staff that if our program was not productive and was not uh, impactful to our children, that then I couldn't go out and raise money. So Very I look true. at program staff as fun, as fundraisers also because what they do arm me and my fundraising staff to go out and generate revenue so that they can do more productive programming. So it's kind of symbiotic. It goes hand in hand. Uh, it's, a, it's a cycle. You know, they empower us and we empower them. And obviously, who benefits the children we serve? That's beautiful. Beautifully said. Um, I would like to thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time uh, for doing this podcast. I'm definitely going to reach out to, um, to to some other executives. Um, Mr. Hollinsworth is another one that's on my list. Now that he's home, I'm going to call him 10 times so I get him on the podcast. I'm going to reach out you to Mr. That. Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm going to reach just to, just to get an idea. I mean, we're all in, in this together. And even if they spend you know, 10, 15 minutes with me, um, I think is it'll be wonderful for the staff, for our members, for people just to hear our executives and what's on their mind and, and how they, they're dealing with this. And, and, you know, and really working forward to, to opening our doors and, and providing a, a, a wonderful service for, for the community and for our children. Well, fantastic, Mr. Ish. And I commend you for the podcast program and what you're doing, not only with our children, but now during this different time, I'm not going to call it downtime because it's not, but different time, uh, we're able to uh, utilize this uh, venue, this opportunity to still get the Kip Spay message out there. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. And please, listeners, uh, share this with everyone. We'll be putting, putting it up on the podcast uh, shortly sometime this week. And um, thank you again for, for spending uh, yeah, half an hour with me. I appreciate it. This is the most, time awesome. I've, this is the awesome. most voice time I ever got with you. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I hope it's been productive and I've enjoyed very. myself thoroughly. Thank you so much, Mr. Thank Ish. you. Thank you very much. Take care. Check, 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 check. One, two, one, two. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. Thank you very much. And this podcast is over.